Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go to the Harbor One hotline. Joining us now, Odyssey NBA insider, former NBA GM, our friend Ryan McDonough is here with Gresh and Keith, and all the insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. Be smarter, bet the or beat bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com today. Ryan McDonough, we have us a mess in Boston, friend. How are you? Well, gentlemen, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I found it's a lot more relaxing to be a former NBA executive, if, if it is a mess, as you described, and uh, watch the games on TV than, than it is actually doing the job, which I did for 15 years. So I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. That's true. Undefeated, right? The last couple of years, Ryan, so you can't go wrong there. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> lost a game in a long time. Uh, but I think one of the big talking points after last night's game, well, actually, there's a lot of different directions, really, but they, they blow a huge fourth quarter. But I'm interested in your thoughts at, from the executive level when one of your players publicly calls out other players, and in particular when you have uh, you know a starter calling out the two superstars on the team. What is your reaction to that? Yeah, well, those are obviously three of the core players on the Celtics who were involved, uh, Marcus Smart and then the two star wings, uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. So you'd obviously prefer those things get handled behind closed doors. What we don't know is, was this something that Marcus Smart brought up previously in, in training camp and the preseason, uh, even through the first couple weeks of the season, and now he was publicly airing his frustrations? Uh, I tend not to overreact to this kind of stuff as much as others do, guys, I guess because I've lived it and I know how emotional things get especially after a home loss when a team melts down I mean you guys saw the fourth quarter last night Boston was outscored uh, 39 to 11 at home and uh, Chicago you know who was, was down pretty big there late in the third I uh, ended up running away with the game so um, you know we ask players to be honest we ask them to be open and share what they're thinking and what they're feeling Marcus Smart uh, did that but certainly as an executive or as a head coach or anybody affiliated with the organization you prefer those conversations to be handled behind closed doors uh, rather than aired in a public forum in a post-game setting, especially if last night was the first time that Marcus Smart brought up those concerns. Yeah, I I wonder how much of what Marcus Smart may have regurgitated to the media was coaching points. Is there any, do you think there could be anything there? Because I went as far as to think, okay, is Marcus Smart maybe doing some dirty work here for Ime Udoka and positioning it the way he did last night? Maybe, maybe. And, and, I, and I say that because 
Um, you guys had me on in the preseason and asked, you know, what I thought of the team. And I mentioned that when I watched them play last year, I thought the ball was sticky at times and the team was too isolation heavy. Um, I thought for the advancement of their young players, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in particular, uh, who were terrific talents to go to the, even the next level, uh, the all NBA level. They need to move the ball more, move off the ball, and then get the ball back in a position to be more um, you know, advantageous to them and to the team. So I think that's some of what Smart was referring to, um, that when, when things get tough, the, the team does um, you know, tend to get a little stagnant, get a little bit of isolation heavy. Smart expressed his frustrations with being primarily in the corner. Uh, but look, guys, they, they gave up 39 points as well in the, in the fourth quarter, 30 in the third. So that's 69 points in the second half. Chicago certainly improved this year with some of the guys they brought in uh, led by DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. But um, as I look at the Celtics and address their issues overall, which there are, there are several at this point, uh, I start on the defensive end. They're 27th, or to put it a different way, fourth to last in defensive rating after the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, what do you think that is, Ryan? Because I think individually they should have a lot of good defensive players. I mean, Marcus Smart's been all-NBA defense. You have the, the two bigs are more known for their defense and Horford and Time Lord. Even guys like Josh Richardson off the bench and Schroeder. They should be... Better, maybe not a top five defense, but they shouldn't be a bottom five defense. I agree with that. And that would be the more concerning end for me if I were in the front office with Brad Stevens or on the bench with Emi Odoka. Um, you know, the, the physicality comes and goes, guys. When, when I watched the games uh, last week against the Wizards, uh, especially the, the heartbreaker on Saturday, the double overtime game, I thought there were times where they defended okay. I mean, it was a two OT game that they gave up 115 points, which isn't bad. But then there were other times um, that they, they were very passive and lacked physicality, uh, especially in terms of contact on the ball handler and, and physicality getting into the ball. And I bring that up because the way the game is being officiated league-wide has changed a little bit. Uh, I think it's a very positive change now that I'm watching it as a fan and a member of the media, where a lot of the flops and flails, especially with the offensive players uh, jumping horizontally and initiating contact with defenders, um, with, um, a lot's been made of the impact it's had in James Harden's game. I guess in some ways he, he's the poster boy for it. But um, you know, the, the NBA is not giving the players th those calls, and, and the game overall is more physical. I think that's why you're seeing a lower-scoring game. So I, if that's the case, uh, the Celtics team has the capability to do that, uh, led by Smart on the perimeter defensive but they need to be more consistently physical and aggressive. And, look, if they lose games because they're too aggressive and following a lot, I think Emil Doka and Brad Stevens and those guys would be happier with that than if they're too passive and let the opponent, especially on the perimeter, do whatever they want with very little resistance and very little contact. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough here with Gresham Keefe. He joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. I know every player isn't going to give great effort on defense, Ryan, but why is it so hard? to get NBA players to play even a little bit of defense? Well, I think, you know, Gresh, that's part of our fault as, as, as evaluators. As I'm a former executive now, but, um, you know, even, even members of the media fans, we tend to overvalue offense, I think, especially in terms of points scored. Um, as you guys know, you, you watch uh, SportsCenter or the highlights. It's very rarely a guy getting in a defensive stance and pressuring the ball 94 feet or taking charges. Uh, that, that's not what makes the highlights. And frankly, uh, that's usually not what you know guys get paid based off of. Uh, if you look at the best offensive players, they're almost always 
max players without exception, and then some of the best defensive players uh, are guys you can really get on good value contracts. I go, I go back to uh, Tony Allen, who we had when I was in the Celtics front office and then went on to have a terrific career in Memphis. Um, those guys don't get paid as much. So, so I think that's a lot of it. It's more glamorous to score a lot of points and uh, get your name in the paper, so to speak, uh, for, you know, for being an elite offensive player versus defensively. Uh, I, and so I, I think when guys are up for the contracts or um, younger players are looking to make their own mark, especially the ones who haven't been paid yet or hope to get paid at a higher level, they tend to gravitate and focus more to the offensive end and maybe not dig in as much defensively, which obviously to be a championship caliber team, uh, you need commitment from all 15 guys in the roster, especially the eight or nine in the rotation on the defensive end. Do you think a trio of Tatum, Brown, and Smart can be at some point a a contender, or is there something up with with that mix that is uh, preventing them from doing it? Well, I think they need more passing, and I'll continue yeah. to beat that that, that drum. Um, you know, they're limited financially. I, I think they hope that Kemba Walker would be that guy when they brought him in in, in 2019. You guys know the history mm-hmm. uh, with Kemba, the big contract and the knee issues. And um, look, they, they traded a, a point guard um, for a big. Uh, Kemba Walker for Al Horford. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder was a good value signing, I, I think, in, in a certain role. That is why I view Dennis as a, as a bench scorer. He's a talented offensive player, but he is primarily a score first guy. Uh, so I bring it up because if, if you do have too many guys who are um, wired to score and, and, and don't get conditioned to move the ball, move without the ball, um, you know, even little things, guys, like setting good screens to free up your teammates and then holding the corner and holding the wing slots. Uh, I don't want to get too technical, but that impacts the spacing it gives the other players uh, on the court more space to operate with so those are the kind of things I'll look for from the Celtics I'm sure those are the kind of things that Emi Odoka and his new coaching staff are hammering home and uh, we'll see if they can do it it's important to keep in mind that you know, they are two and five and certainly below expectations for, I think, just about everybody, myself included, and certainly the people with the organization. But if you have a two and five stretch in January in the middle of the season, uh, it's not ideal, but people usually don't overreact to it. Uh, people almost always, from my experience being around the NBA for about two decades at this point, overreact to what they see at the beginning of the season. Uh, and so I, I think that leads to a lot of the hand-wringing among Celtics fans. Ryan, I don't know if it's an overreaction for me, but I know last year down the stretch and in the playoffs when Jason Tatum was much more aggressive in not shooting one-legged fadeaway three-pointers, but taking it to the rim, he was better offensively, and to me, the Celtics were better for it. Is that an overreaction on my part? Does Tatum need to get better, especially on bad shooting nights, to take it to the rim, or is that just dumb? You know, I, I think there is something to that, and I had a uh, I saw a great stat this morning on, on Stat News, who does uh, excellent work on, on Twitter with their stats. Uh, here's here's what they had, guys. Jason Tatum played 37 clutch minutes, the most in the NBA. Uh, he's seven for 25 from the floor, that's 28 percent. One for nine from three, 11 percent. Three assists and four turnovers. And I say that not to pick on Jason. There's a reason that uh, he, he's had the ball that much in in, in the clutch, and um, you know Celtics go to him. He, he should be one of the best players in the league at that and I think he will be in time but um, you know that, that's the difference a lot of times as you guys know it, it, it's a possession by possession game um, you know I, I'd say probably half or more of NBA games are uh, within five points going into the final five minutes and a lot of it comes down to who executes better uh, during the stretch so, so that'll be the challenge for the Celtics and for Tatum uh, individually and I think you're right if the shots aren't falling you know if you're seven for 25 from the field and one for nine from three uh, can you draw more contact especially when the other team's in the penalty uh, can you get get to the free throw line 
line. He's a good free throw shooter. Um, those are the things I'll be looking at. And those are the things the Celtics should be, I think, focused on because uh, if the shots aren't falling, you look for ways to make the game easier. And the easiest way to score under pressure is get to the line, especially if you're an above average free throw shooter. We addressed what Marcus Smart said post game. We did not mention what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown said post game because they didn't say anything post game. They declined to speak after a uh, fourth quarter collapse like that and another loss at home. I'm curious, is that something that, as a GM, would you even step in and follow up with those guys, or is that something that the head coach would do, or do you just ignore it? Or maybe we make it too big a deal out of it because you know we're, we're in the media, but that seemed like an opportunity to take some accountability, show some leadership, and both players punted on it. Uh, yeah, I, I think the totality of what happened last night, uh, the fourth quarter meltdown, Smart's comments, and then the lack of comments that you mentioned by Tatum and Brown, I uh, do give Amy Odoka and Brad Stevens an opportunity to address it as a group. And, and I think that's the way it should be addressed, especially this early in the season. You don't want to let things uh, linger or, or fester. And, and there were multiple players you know, in, involved. And, and I think uh, the messages are different. It's to Marcus Smart. It's, look, you know, we want to keep this stuff internal. Uh, this stays in the locker room. If you have any issues, you know, we view this as a family. So any issues we'll address head on and, um, you know, j- just say it. If you have an issue with uh, Jason or Jalen or Ime or whoever, um, let- let's say that and work through it uh, behind closed doors. Uh, and then, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as young leaders and the future leaders of the team, uh, you-, you can't do that. You-, you can't only show up and be in front of the cameras when things are good and when, you know, we win by 30 and you guys play great. Being a leader, uh, you know, means being present and showing up in-, in times that are good and bad. And, you know, when it when- it's easy when you're winning and, and when it's difficult, uh, when things aren't going as well. So, so I think as a group, it's easy. I don't say it's easy, but it's important to address um, the group. And, and I think it's also important for beyond those three guys, uh, the other 12 to 14 guys on the roster, um, you know, it's important for them to hear it as well and for, for people to say, okay, you know, there's some things that went down after the game last night that organizationally we're not comfortable with. Um, in this organization, the Celtics organization, we're not going to let that linger. Uh, we're going to address it head on and, and hope ever to get everybody on the same page. Um, rather than you know letting issues linger that may divide the team going forward if they go unaddressed. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Thank you, Ryan. We always appreciate the intel. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, Ryan is presented to us by BetQL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.